welcome to Batchadamia, a podcast so educational it could be a university class. With your hosts, Danielle Dick McHugh, Kim Hanna, and Bill Henniger. Welcome back. We're here. And Bill, how have you been? I'm good. I am. Um, I'm trying to get my computer to work. I am great. Let me retry that. I am wonderful. I'm ready to go. I feel like two bachelorettes is I'm really going to thrive this season in my love of just people crying and chaos. And um, yeah, I do think it's going to be a chaotic season. How are you? I'm pretty good. Yeah, I, it was really fun to get to watch uh, with you all again last night. Yeah, it was like the perfect summer night because I went and I, you know, hung out with you all. Mm-hmm. And then I got back and my kids were outside chasing uh, fireflies. Ooh, nice. And then we decided to turn on the fire pit and roast some marshmallows, which I couldn't eat, though, because Kim made us an amazing cake. Oh, it was good. Very yeah. filling. And so I just watched people. But, like, it was, like, such a nice night. I was, like, friends, the bachelorette, yeah. fireflies and fire pits. This is the life, folks. When I got up this morning for breakfast, that piece of cake was staring me in the face that she left us. I was like, mm, better not. Better not. <laughs> Does it fit your macros? <laughs> yeah, I know. That will, <laughs> that will blow your sugar macro out of that. I don't think sugar's a macro. but <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. So um, my question for the week is, you know, do you have any fun summer rituals? Um, I usually backpack somewhere every summer. And so I did North shores in Michigan, and then I'm going to do gunsight pass with my dad for his retirement. Um, and then every other year we go to Edisto in South Carolina with Elaine's family. Um, other than that, I just try to duck a lot of work. That's usually my go-to for the whole summer is just try to minimize as much, or I really go in, I'm much better for whatever reason, I have it in my mind, even though my new position, I'm kind of expected to be there, but I've always been really good in the summer. I'm like, all right, I'm going in at eight 30 and with God as my witness, I will be out by 11. And so <laughs> it's like, I get so much done in that. Like, I feel like if during the academic year, if I treated my schedule like that, I would spend so much less time because there it's like, well, I have to be here till five. You know, I had this meeting at three, like, I'm going to screw around on social media. Like I'm going to go bother someone down the hall where in the summer, no one's around except me. And I'm just like, answer all these emails. You can attest yesterday. I got like a bunch of stuff for the podcast done in like 40 minutes. Oh yeah. Bill was on fire yesterday. He was making things happen. Today is happening. This recording is happening all because of Bill. That's (laughs) solely, solely because of the 40 minutes I took yesterday to set stuff up. Hey, it's important work. Yeah. I don't, we like to make a summer bucket list. Mm. Um, And so some of the things on our bucket list for the summer is we're going to go to the pool 25 times. We're almost there. I think we're like at like almost 18. Wow. Yeah. And then um, we are going to go around the lazy river 56 times. Wow. So we're a little behind on that goal. So lots of lazy river Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. in our future. Y'all been to Adventureland like 14 times or something like that. I made that number up. I don't think it's that. <laughs> We've been twice, but we're going for a third time on Thursday. How many times have you uh, cried at the circus at Adventureland? Twice. And I'm <laughs> going to bring it in for a third time. <laughs> You're completing the trilogy. It's so good. It's so good, y'all. The Adventureland in Altoona, Iowa has a circus, and I'm a big fan. Um, and if you're from Iowa, You've probably been to Adventureland and you can probably sing the theme song in your so head. You also probably understand how hilarious it is that I'm so excited about it. Yes. And I, go ahead. I've really branched out the last couple of years. I'm like terrified of roller coasters. I feel like I'm going to die every time I go on a roller coaster. Um, but I am trying to say yes to things that scare me. And I'm getting a lot braver at amusement parks. 
Um, I can do spinny things pretty well. Spinny things I can handle. I my favorite was the silly silo, oh, yeah. where the like the floor would drop. Yeah, they don't have it anymore. Yeah, I heard. I love. Yeah, like I know some people can't do it because it makes them dizzy, but I love spinning rides. Yeah, I do too. Ryan is good at dropping. He likes to drop. Oh, I think it's terrifying. Um, like the so death drop where they like off. shoot you up and then like. Oh yeah, he just so um Waterloo just opened up a new amusement park called Lost Island, and yeah. Ryan and I went there for it was our anniversary, um kind of fun. So last year we went to the water park, just the two of us, and it was great. And so this year we went to the amusement park, and it's new, and people don't really know about it yet. So it's not very like there were no lines. It was amazing supposedly it's really good though right like really nice um i think like the concept of it it's mm -hmm. like beautiful park there's like four different realms i think the concepts are super cool um there's a nice variety of types of rides mm. but i will say i think that it still needs like a really big like thriller uh roller coaster so the boomerang the dragon the death drop <laughs> Yes. Like I went on, I went on it, um, the roller coaster and I didn't really like it very much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and okay. I, people that are roller coaster people haven't liked it that much. So okay. I don't know. I think that they kind of need to get that down, but there is like this really fun ride. It looked like a roller coaster that like stopped. It like had like a bump, you go up and then uh -huh. you go back down and then you're on a spinny thing. Oh. And that thing was cool. I enjoyed that. I made Ryan want to puke, but <laughs> I had a blast. <laughs> Have you ever been on the ones they call them the boomerang, where you go forward and then you hit the end and you go backwards? Ooh, I yeah, don't know. I think I Worlds of Fun in Kansas City has one. It's pretty good. Yeah. I think I'd maybe like that. I don't like the falling sensation very much. Mm. Um, so... Yeah. So, I mean, like we've been kind of, we're kind of pool people and we're kind of, you know, we like the water parks. We like pools, which I know Bill does not like. Oh, my hell is pizza ranch catering at a pool with a bunch of kids. I. <laughs> so why do you dislike pools? There's we'll just too many, just too many people there. I really <laughs> like to swim. I love swimming, uh, yeah. but I just, it's just like the humanity. I just can't. I just can't handle it. I think um, I water calms me and mm -hmm. I leave my cell phone at home whenever I'm around pools. And so one, I realize I've been really antisocial this summer because I plan things by texting and like mm -hmm. I text y'all a lot. I've hardly been texting because I leave my phone whenever we go to the pool, but it's like, really calming for me to both be around water and to like be unplugged mm. and so um i think that that's part of why i like pools so much i like the beach like i feel like the beach you can just like kind of like stake out your spot and be like no where like the pool there's some kid like running by your chair and i just yeah i also don't like being cold so i'm oh. kind of I mean, you can't really wear a cardigan in the pool. I try. Um, They're very so absorbent. <laughs> I, I need the pool to be warm. Um, uh, and I do, I love beaches. Like, yeah. Well, I so, didn't have any of this on my bingo card that we were going to talk about today. So Yeah, and we had no idea. Well, so we should probably talk a little bit about this awesome season. Yes. Of Let's go. Let's get All it. All right. So two women, 32 men. One hot season of The Bachelorette. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Um, so last night, you know, we learn, we are introduced to Gabby and Nicole again. Just as a recap, Gabby is an ICU nurse, a former NFL cheerleader. She's pretty hilarious, and I think she's totally going to upstage Nicole. Um, Nicole is a pilot instructor. She's mm -hmm. pretty sweet, but she's also kind of boring. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. Okay, so they both say that they feel ready for this because, I quote, they know what they're looking for. But then 
and they sat down to, to discuss what type that each of them have and they were both vague and contradictory <laughs> they're like yes. you know i like someone that's uh smart but also dumb <laughs> like, you know? um, it was funny they're like i i like someone that's tall but like i'll date the short ones too <laughs> and i was also like i don't know if like you being ready for marriage like agree like naming their height is like yeah. really the thing that shows me that you're ready yeah, they had like all the things they wanted were the things that like I think everybody wants in a significant other. Like they need to be funny and smart and nice. And it's like I just don't know if there's anyone in the world that's like I want a really dumb person who is very dry, no jokes, and is just an asshole, right? Yeah. Like those are I want those are my three must-haves. Anything else, short, tall, bad breath, whatever, but they got to be a real dick. Um, they got to just not get jokes. And I really, that's part of being dumb. Right. So they, they go hand in hand. Right. <laughs> I think I would have liked that. At least it would have been specific. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, as per usual, the 32 men enter and then introduce themselves to the bachelorette. Um, I think that this is a little bit more awkward with the two of them oh, on yeah. one hand i love their banter but like the introductions to actual guys i felt like you know it was like should we should i hug one of them who do i hug yeah. first should we go in for a group hug um do i who do i make eye contact with so i felt like well and they're trying to compliment them but it's like well do you hit them on them both at once right. i don't know was really awkward um we do still get some bizarre entrances um so let's see we have the guy that wore no shoes no shirt on a and on a horse a meatball sub meatball guy i saw like a funny like meme that was like what women think they want and it was the picture of like fabio the guy on, on the horse yeah horse and it was like what women really want. And it was like the giant sub. <laughs> Here's then, my problem. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about the entrances later. Keep going. Um. So a guy brought baby chicks that um, our watch party was very concerned about, like, what's going to happen to these chicks who's taking care of them? Um. And then we had a very awkward, though, I think fairly talented magician. Um. <laughs> So we had some conversations about like the allure of a magician. And I Kim, think we... Kim is a hard pass on the magician. Hard. Like she gets like visibly irritated every time he came on screen. So I appreciate magicians. There's as a performance scholar, I appreciate the performance <laughs> skill of a musician. Oh, you went real academic douche on that. Like you don't understand. <laughs> like, okay. Like, oh, like you all like I've also been to two WrestleManias because <laughs> I like what they do with lights and costumes. So like this is in the realm of that. I cry at the circus, right? You know, it's because I appreciate the aesthetics. Um, I will say as like probably a fifth grader, I was pretty sure that like learning a couple magic tricks was the way to attract the opposite sex. <laughs> so maybe there's just like a part of me that empathizes like, oh, he made it to like 30 We and he still hasn't learned that this isn't what gets you laid <laughs> i remember the kid in my high school who was really into magic all the way up into high school and he's still living with his mom <laughs> <laughs> oh it was so sad so after the introductions they're given time to introduce themselves to the bachelorettes and um after realizing that two-on-ones is kind of awkward and not very intimate nicole and Gabby do decide to venture off on their own to talk to the men. They're both kind of complaining because they're not being made out with enough. Right. Um, and so we do finally, though, they each get their first kiss. I think Nicole makes out with one person and Gabby makes out with two people. Um, two to one. Yeah. Keeping score. We're keeping score. All season. 
all season. Bill's keeping, he's got the tabs. Yep. But the end of the night, they both realize that they have no idea how they're going to handle rose ceremonies. Um, apparently, like the show has like never talked to them about this. You know, yeah. <laughs> like I also just like they're like, well, you you know, like you do what you want, and I'm like, are you trying to create this like illusion? Yeah, that, that like they get yeah. to have control over this because. Based on the previews, it seems like the producers take charge a little bit later on. Yeah. Um, and so ultimately they decide that the twins and the magician don't have any potential. And so they awkwardly say thanks, but like, bye. <laughs> and then like, you know, Gabby's like, this is the hard part of being a bachelorette. Like you have to send people home. <laughs> and and then we get you know our previews for next the three poor guys looked like like (laughs) the three guys who couldn't get a date to prom they're like we're going as friends like when they set him home it's the magician's got kind of long hair the two twins are kind of like tinier little guys and they just like skulk off in their tuxedos and hmm. it was utterly unsurprising the only thing that maybe surprised me was that they didn't send more people home Yes. So now they're down to 29. Right. Did that math in my head. Rain man style. Look at you. You know, I, I was reading. I'm, I'm interested to see, cause they're kind of playing up that this is the most men that we've ever had, but there are two bachelorettes and apparently it's only two more men than Hannah B's season. Right. Yeah. Cause she had 30. So if you're going, if you're going by, by man per woman it's it's the lowest amount of men if you're going by ratios yeah yeah so i i'm interested to see sort of how that plays out so we kind of have three things that we're gonna cover in the podcast today we're gonna give you you got really formal there i like it it. it's it danielle snuck into public speaking mode right i'm like i will preview my main point yes (laughs) you know you don't want to just like slap the audience in the face you want to foreshadow oh yeah absolutely so here if you're if you're taking notes this will make it easy (laughs) for you to outline (laughs) so we're going to talk a little bit about who we think has potential and who's just some losers we're going to talk about kissing we're going to talk about friendship and love competition. And, you know, those are those are your three main points, folks. Three main points. Yes, three main points. Bing, bang, bang. Write them down A, B, C. Then when you when you do your 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 outline next, you know, we'll have sub points. <laughs> Using Roman nu- numeral after that? Did I ever tell you the the church I went to? We had a class when we were in junior high where they made us sit down and take notes on sermons and they explained to us how to use outlining as part of the, yeah. That's a very educational church experience. You like, not only do you get saved by God, but you also learn how to outline and take notes. Neither for me. Now it's like I do it the exact, just because I'm still so mad. Someone was like, sit down. We're going to talk about the apocalypse. Oh, I have fond memories of church because I got to eat Oreo cookies. We had different church experiences. (laughs) Um, I couldn't wear tank tops because my shoulders are too sexy, but I got to eat Oreos. We're all good. That's why I never wear tank tops. I'm worried about the sex appeal that I would give off with my shoulders. That's probably why you don't like pools. (laughs) That's that's right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Entrances. Dude. Okay. So. Who gave who gave you no advice? Who has some potential? I wrote down some people. And yeah. I'll let you know. Yeah. So Jordan V, the race car driver. He uh was creepily into race cars. Like there are several times where she was trying to like have a conversation. He'd be like, it's a 340 horsepower. <laughs> and then he's like, it's very big. <laughs> it's like, oh, buddy. I thought that he was adorably young. Like he kind of looks young. I don't, I don't have my, I don't have his age on my notes, Mm -hmm. but um, I think he just got nervous. Like, cause you thought that he might go in for a kiss. He's like, I'm, I'm nervous. Let me just spout out some facts about a race car. Work ratio. But I do think that he made a good impression on Nicole and 
they have some similar interests that I could see them connecting. But I also think that she might go for somebody that's hotter to her. And not that he, I didn't think he was bad looking or anything, but I just, yeah. You know, what really signifies maturity is understanding that stuff like that, that no one else cares about, but you do, you start to use it to end conversations, which is where I've come to in my life. It's like, I know I have like this, like this wheelhouse of things that people are like, oh, for fuck's sake, Bill's talking about it again. So it's like, when I want to end a conversation, it's actually the bachelorette. I'll be like, so this week on the bachelorette and unless it's you or Kim or two other people, basically gonna... everybody at the university is like, Oh God, he's talking again. Get him out of here. <laughs> I was going to say, this is like how we became friends because yeah. you're like, Oh, I tried to end a conversation with Neil and instead <laughs> just kept talking to me about it. <laughs> and three years later, we're still friends. Episode oh. 67. <laughs> I love it. Um, so somebody that does have sex appeal, appeal for Rachel is Tino. Okay. So I'm on the Tino train. Only thing I have to say is I read his bio and he says 90% of what he eats is meat. And I just, I want to point it out there. I feel like that's a red flag in men. Like if they only eat meat, cause you know, it's like fine meat, whatever. But like, don't you want like experience? Like, don't you want to go out to eat and like, eat at different restaurants. You don't want the guy to be like, I only want steak. That's all I'll eat. You know? I mean, I just don't think that it's an economically savvy decision right oh. now. Meat oh, yeah. is very expensive. Yeah. Um, And I think of Gaston and him singing about all of the eggs that he eats. Eight dozen <laughs> eggs. He's yeah. roughly the size of a barge. So I kind okay. So one, I know that Nicole's super into Tino. So like mm. I support this aesthetically i don't find him that attractive he's kind of like a combination of blake horserman and jason tarik 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 um who i find both of them attractive but combined they make tino and i don't know that i quite get the appeal yeah nicole does and so go get it girl all right meatball guy james I got questions about him. Who brings a meatball sub that doesn't have provolone or sauce on it? I mean, if you're, if you're going to commit to the gag, commit to the gag, right? I mean, I do appreciate that he brought food, but like bring food. Don't bring a dry bun and a dry meatball. Like bring good food. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. Don't cut him short. Okay, let's talk about Eric. The first thing we need to talk about is how he spells his name. Is he mullet guy? Yeah, he's mullet guy. Yeah. That's also like, you know, questionable. But um, he also spells his name with a C-H. I think just to get under his skin, I'd call him Erich while I was there. I do. Like, um, I will say I kind of liked the banter between him and Gabby. Yeah. I appreciate it. I felt there's like good vibes there. Um, I want to talk about him a little bit later. Sometimes I worry with people who have banter like that, that it's very exciting to have somebody who like on that, like wittiness level you get, but there's nothing past it. And so I just wonder if Gabby's going to realize that like, that's all there is, is this kind of like quippy, which is fine for a good friend, but I don't think that's what you want to base a whole romance on. See, that's how I felt about her and Ryan, who's the Boston guy. Ah, yeah. Up in here, where they had that like banter and they were kind of like teasing yeah. each other, and he was like writing the phrases. I appreciated that, but I was getting like maybe you're just friend vibes. Where with Eric, I felt like I felt there was some chemistry. Yes. Yeah, I put Eric above Ryan. Absolutely. I also didn't appreciate that Ryan kept shushing her. Like, as a person who doesn't like to be shushed, and I just got to imagine that, like, a woman specifically does not appreciate guys being like, shh, 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 shh. I think he did it because she was kind of like, I think he's like, I have this plan. Right. I'm going to do this thing. And then she kind of, like, kept poking at him. 
Right. And like, then he kind of poked back, but it, you're right. It, it, it rubbed me a little wrong too. I feel like, like poking back is okay. It's the shushing. Like for me, it's one thing to like, you know, like be witty back when you just tell someone to stop talking. That's where in my mind, you cross a line. Yeah, it was, it was a little uncomfortable in some alternate universe. If any of our listeners end up on a date with me, you shush me and it's done. I'm up (laughs) on the table. And you're paying for my food. And I have likely ordered meat. <laughs> That's 90% of me. Steak with steak sauce. I'm Made out of steak. Steak <laughs> potato. So what did you think about Mario? He kissed Gabby and he was her first impression, Rose. I like Mario. I liked Mario, but I was a little surprised that he was her first impression, Rose. Really? They had a weird kiss. We can talk about that later, but yeah. I think they were like the women were kiss hungry and Mario went full Pete Davidson and he just he texts back real quick. Like he was the guy who went at it and it's like, get in there. It's like that, like the new person that comes to the high school and like somebody jumps on him and dates him for like the whole time they're at the high school because they just are like, oh, I guess I'm with them. Like, I think Mario did himself a solid there. He did. I do think that that was a bold and important move. Mm hmm. Do you have any thoughts about Jordan H? The no- He's the one that put the noise-canceling headphones on. So I didn't, if you recall, I, I'm watching my parents' dog right now, and that was when Zoe needed to go out to the bathroom. So I saw the headphones. I didn't hear what he said. Well, what he was doing... And did he do them on both women? Yes, he okay. was doing it so that he could give them each attention to each other at once, and that they wouldn't, like, have to overhear and i thought that that was like kind of like the guy and i don't remember his name that um had the stools for them the chairs i felt like this thing that sort of recognized i get that you're both here and they're both a bachelorette but like i want to do something that kind of lets you have your own moment was really Mm -hmm. nice um and just like thinking about that they might have been standing for a long time in uncomfortable shoes and bringing them chairs is just a nice gesture. I would have given them one of my, them my one of my articles I've written to read while I talked to the other one and then I would have swapped it out and been like, this is important reading, guys. You need to know about latent growth curve analysis and development of children. So just that that's like bill's move and I'm over here trying oh. to do a magic trick I learned in third grade. Yeah, no, yeah. I tell you what, latent growth curve analysis is an aphrodisiac. Everybody knows it's basically like clams or oysters, whichever one it is. <laughs> oysters, I think. It's outlawed in some states because it's just such a turn on. Speaking of turn ons, what do you think about Quincy coming right out with a, I've been celibate for a year and a half? Okay, so here's my question. When he says celibate, because you can be a virgin, right? You can be celibate, which means you don't masturbate. But sometimes I think they use him. I think he just means he hasn't had sex, right? Yes. I he, that's I took it to mean that he had not okay. had sex in a year and a half. Because when I heard it, I thought he meant like no self-pleasuring. And it's like they're going to like get like a warm breeze and he's going to be like, oh, oh, God. Oh, no. Like <laughs> I felt like I think Gabby puked in her mouth a little bit when he said like i think gabby was like uh yeah nope i very much appreciate it go ahead i think the only reason he didn't leave with the magician and the twins was because nicole was like oh i think he's sweet yeah i appreciated that when he when he walked off gabby was like well when he said i haven't had sex for a year and a half i was like well that's one of us (laughs) (laughs) yes i think i don't know i just these girls are not like quite like Hannah B yes. in terms of like how they're embracing their sexuality, yes. but like they're here to have fun. Mm-hmm. And um, so I don't, I don't really see Quincy lasting for that long. Okay. Let's talk about Jacob, the shirtless horse guy with, I think he has a really dumb. He mouth. does. I agreed when you said it, I knew what you meant. It's like, it's like almost always open. It's like, yeah, I don't know. There's, I don't, I don't know. Um, 
Which is a bummer because the shirtless horse thing as like someone who likes cheesy romance novels, I was like, okay, like I could come to appreciate this. I um, just go ahead. But yeah. He, yeah. Hear me out. Okay. I'm I'll not go. that impressed. Everybody on there could have ridden that horse in with their great body. I want someone 20 pounds overweight that rides up in the jeans, like stomach hanging over, not waxed, like like just lots of hair on the back. Like that is where you get my respect. Like you just jump down and like, yeah, what do you what do you see? What do you like? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, he's just a dime a dozen. Like all of those guys would look great shirtless. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, for me. It wasn't that he was shirtless. It was the way that he was, like, giving a nod towards, like, romance. The Fabio hair really hammered at home. I think that's probably what made it worthwhile. Yeah. Um, are there other people that you wanted to, like, discuss? Those were the ones that really stood out to yeah. me. No, I think every you got all the people that stood out. And then the magician and, you know, I just thought he was a little slice of heaven for me. Like, I... His voice, like his yeah. magic voice that he talked yeah. in all the time was so wonderful. Um, a kind of, I think a fairly attractive guy, if you yeah, didn't have to deal with the way he moves. <laughs> Who's the one guy? There was one guy that's got kind of buggy eyes. I don't know of a better way to say that. Um, let me, you go on to the next thing and I'll yell his name out interrupting you. It'll be fun. Um, and then I'll shush you. <laughs> yeah. And then that'll be the last episode we ever have. <laughs> let me see here. I'm going to find him. Go, go to the next thing. I got it. All right. So I wanted to talk about kissing. Um. So Mario and Gabby kiss. Tino and Nicole kiss. Eric kisses Gabby. Okay, so one, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit and go back to Eric because when he came on, he was the Logan. Logan. Okay. Tell me about Logan. Logan's uh, lifelong crush is Elaine from Seinfeld. He isn't afraid to skinny dip and he loves corn dogs. Okay. He didn't really do. He just kind of came in. um, Yeah. But... I think they were, they were, uh, Gabby was pretty attracted to him. I felt like I could see a spark. Okay. Well, we'll have to like note Logan. I think he's an under the radar guy. He's that guy. That's not like the most attractive, but he's like, he's good looking and he's like, he can converse and he's going to end up being there in the end. You know, I was trying to think if there's just like someone that's super smoking, right. You know, like who's, yes, it's the guy that looks like Michael. It's a guy that looks like Michael B. Jordan. Um, I'll tell you. He had like the dreads that were up on top and then over to the side. That's a good looking guy right there. Good looking guy. Because, you know, I felt like, you know, Michelle had like Nate and um, they're like just in Brandon's eyes, you know, like. um, He's also Nate. Nate Mitchell is the guy I'm talking about. Electrical engineer. So he's also got a job that pays well. So, yeah. Okay, can we go back to Eric and his smooching? Yeah, let's start. Remember Logan? Yeah. Okay. Eric. So he, Eric. Eric. Um, he was one of the first to talk to them both, mm-hmm. uh, and there is like a sense both in the way that they portrayed it on the episode, but also in kind of conversations in our watch party, you know, like, Oh, is he like playing them? Mm -hmm. And my question is now he decided it seems like intentionally to not kiss Nicole. Right. But he did have conversations with them both and were flirt was like flirty with them both. Do you think that that's like him playing them or is he just sort of like meeting the situation? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's him being calculated and they talked about it. Right. But I think he probably has more feelings for Gabby. Yeah, I think he's probably more attracted to Gabby. And so had Gabby shot him down, I think he probably would have went and kissed Rachel right away. Um, But I think because Gabby kind of put out the, the vibe, he jumped for it. 
So what's interesting to me is like, I wonder if they're going to like play him as a villain or like, this is like going to kind of come up because he was also really confident. Right. And he was sort of like, yeah. oh, I thought I was going to get this rose, which for Both. me was a little bit of a turnout. Yes. Both yeah. roses. Like that was the issue. You know, it's like, he kisses Gabby. I'm like, okay, I, I can see why you'd be like, well, she kissed me. But Rachel, it's like, why, you know, other than you just had a decent conversation. Yeah. I sort of felt like, dude, like you're good looking and you had some good banter, but like there's another 31 good looking. Yeah. Well, here. well good 28, looking. 28, not counting the, the two short twins. And <laughs> So, oh, the poor twins. But like, I just we'll call it thirty. The three of them equal one. I just, yeah, I don't know. Um, on one hand, it seems like a lot of the guys are like, "Hey, I want to meet both of them and see if I have a connection, more of a connection with one or the other." And so, like, I think there's like a part of me that's like, "That's what you should absolutely do." Right. Um. I thought it was interesting that they both gave a first impression rose to a person they kissed and they hadn't kissed very many people. Right. So, so I was going to make this as my wild card. Um, yeah. but let's just, let's okay. just drag it in here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, so there's this whole theory around dating and like how you put yourself out there. That's called, um, Oh man. I just blanked on the name, but essentially it's the economics of like who you decide to date, how you weigh, if you should date this person. And I think in the past you haven't seen it as much with the contestants, not the principal, because the principal kind of gets their choice. But now that we've added two principles, the contestants have to start doing the, um, the, the calculation, right? And so I think the hesitancy to just go out and kiss them is yeah. because they're playing this out in their mind and they're like, well, if I kiss Rachel, then do I lose Gabby? Um, if right. I kiss them both, they're going to talk to each other. Do I lose them both? So on and so forth. Um, and so uh, social exchange theory, that's the name of it. If yeah. anyone wants to look it up. Um, and so this kind of goes to what Danielle and I actually do as a job, not just sit on the podcast, our actual research and, and being academics is there's no research on if you have a reality television show and you had two contestants in what's the outcome, but there's research around how do people go through this kind of um, this gamesmanship, you know, and you see it when you're in high school, like with prom, I'm, I might ask this person, but I want to know if this person's going to go first and you can see kind of the same thing playing out. And so, yeah. yeah. I think that it's really interesting having the two bachelorettes also because, well, I, I'm kind of like jumping a little bit. So one of my, our other concepts that we wanted to talk about is friendship and competition. Yeah, no, um, this is great. We're just, we're rocking it in this right rocking, I love right? it. Yeah. So um this is some you know, good pod we are hitting our podcast stride you like segued right in you know we've been practicing you know not really um i call you up, <laughs> and I'm up right. next concept because, get ready so this idea that you know like i i was kind of like do what do we think will happen with their friendship are they going to be stronger friends at the end mm -hmm. of this you know like what's going to happen but i do think like this is one of the interesting things is normally when you are the lead you kind of have this power and mm. you don't have to deal with jealousy quite the same way that the contestants do. Right? right. So they might see you making out with multiple people, things like that. This is going to be the first time that the leads can kind of get jealous too, and might see somebody that they're interested in forming a connection with someone else. And I think that that's going to be really interesting. Um, I do think that it creates a sort of closer sort of balance in power. And I'm also interested to see how that pans out because there's like some like unspoken rules about like how this show works. Yes. And I'm wondering how much this is going to rock some of that. And they don't seem like up to this point, they, the producers have, have been like, well, we're going to have it go down this way. It seems like maybe they start to take the reins here. Um, and I have no doubt that if Gabby and Rachel were like 
seamlessly working and like, well, I like this guy. So I, you know, I won't get any feelings for him and um, that they would start throwing wrenches in the plan just to create chaos. But it looks like maybe chaos happens, you know, without, without intervention. Um, Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. Can you think of anyone that you dated and then they like dated someone you liked or they dated someone that they knew you liked and you just kind of were like stayed friends with them? I feel like friendships are pretty resilient. Yeah. I mean, so my like very first kiss, <laughs> I became friends Uh-oh. with him afterwards and I moved. Uh-huh. Right. And we were still very good friends. Uh-huh. And then like my best friend in high school, like made out with him. Uh-huh. We were cool. You're cool with it? Yeah, we were good about it. You think until this gets out on social media. I mean, I do think like you know, there's probably three years between, which in high school is like a lifetime. Um, so I think that that probably was helpful. I will say, I mean, we're Facebook friends, but I'm not I kind of had a falling out with him. Like we remained best friends for a long time, but I kind of had a falling out with him in college. Um, but I still keep in touch with her. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, I, I wonder, it probably has to do with the strength of the friendship too. And I know Gabby and Rachel keep saying that they're like best friends, they're best friends, but it's like, how good of friends could you become? Maybe they are, but then also like, how much can you be angry over a relationship that's two weeks old? Right. Like right. in the end, these really are very like quick relationships and so how i how tied could you be it'd be different if like you had dated someone for eight years you broke up and then a week later they started dating your best friend you know or like a month later it'd be like that's that's a real betrayal right well and i do think in some ways while your feelings might still be hurt and maybe you could even feel betrayed Mm -hmm. i do think that i wonder if the this circumstance though Mm kind of like going in it's just like if you are on this show (laughs) yeah you you know they were both dating Clayton at the same time no that's a good point so but you know I am interested to sort of see how that plays out because I think that that's a new dynamic I Uh, also wonder if they've made any packs between the two of them like hey all you got to say is like rutabaga and I won't, I won't go after this guy, you know, and then I, if that gets violated, that's a bigger, you know, it's violating unspoken rules is never in a friendship as big of a deal as violating spoken rules. I think that they had this like informal way that they were calling dibs. Oh, really? Right. I didn't catch it. Well, you're but, the communication expert. When they were, um, when the guys were coming on the limo, they'd be like, Ooh, I, I was really attracted to him. And I thought that uh-huh. those were like these little ways. Okay. They're sort of like, I'm letting you know that I'm specifically interested in him. Tino was the one I recall with that. Rachel yes. very clearly was like, he's mine. Like, yes. Yeah, and I yeah. felt like Gabby did that with a couple of them. I don't remember exactly mm-hmm. who right now magician um, but there's like these, <laughs> these little ways that i think that they they were kind of letting each other know hey i'm really interested in him like i hope that you don't feel that way too you know yeah. <laughs> um and so i think that they're informally kind of already finding little ways to communicate that it wouldn't surprise me that if they haven't if they don't have like a secret code that they wouldn't <laughs> as they kind of go. Yeah. Through. Well, and it seems like at some point they do like make the guys sort of decide and they're handing out the roses and like, dude, that's like brutal. Yeah. Well, I, I'll be interested to see how that goes down. But if you watch the, after the, the episode ends, they do the preview thing. And there's a scene where it looks like, like at least three guys, Rachel tries to give him a rose and they're like, yeah, so I'm into Gabby. I mean, on one hand, that would like, oh, it'd be humiliating, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And you're like in this position where you're sort of like, oh, as the lead, I don't have to deal with rejection the way that I just did from Clayton. 
right? I think that there's this idea that you're kind of protected from some of that rejection. And so like, there's this ways that like this rejection is introduced again. So yeah, that'd be humiliating. But at the same time, I would say it'd probably be nice to have that sorted out. It's probably for the better. Like yes. it probably hurts more in the near term, but in the end, it's way better than being in like the Clayton situation where he's like, I love you a little less than Susie. <laughs> <laughs> if you could just wait till Susie makes her decision. Oh, if Susie at like a 9.75 and you're like right. coming in at a strong, just solid nine. <laughs> and this is not me bullying Clayton. This is me just stating what Clayton did. And I don't think that there's really any like way like, that's what he did. He was like, I love you. I want you to stay. And he's like, but Susie came back. Uh, I, yeah. I hope for Clayton's well-being. He didn't watch last night. He so did. Much. He posted it all over Instagram. Can you imagine, like, have, like, listening to those kids sing? Somebody was like, those are the same kids that helped him write those letters. <laughs> you remember the letter or whatever? Yes. And they're like, oh. Yeah, that made me laugh. So, okay, what are your lessons learned? Did you learn? Uh, yeah, that things when you're in fifth grade that you think are cool are not cool to the opposite sex. Magicians, uh, note taking in church. Um, <laughs> I do you think like everybody says that they like somebody that's funny, and yeah. I do think that people like people that are funny, but I think like ultimately who like I don't know that I think that that like you know in third grade I remember being like oh everybody like once like is attracted to somebody that's funny so I'm gonna memorize 101 vampire jokes you know? <laughs> like, I love that you had a system <laughs> I did. And for some reason you were like not toilet humor which is what all third graders like vampire jokes <laughs> I think so I, so I've read some about this because I, you know, I, in class I've asked before, like, you know, what, it, what would be your ideal mate? You know, everyone says funny. And then it's like, well, let's think about that more because generalizations are, you know, they lead us down bad, uh, unspecific paths. It's like what I think what people want is someone who makes them laugh. So right. it's not like, like a comedian, like not everyone wants Jerry Seinfeld. They want somebody who says things that you find funny <laughs> and also then because similar attracts to similar uh you can say things that make them laugh right i don't think anyone wants to be with someone that makes them laugh and then you tell a joke and they're like you are not funny at all oh yeah yeah i or definitely tried to remember memorize those jokes so i think my lesson learned is that like i really like gabby yeah she is funny. Like Gabby. She is funny. Yeah. She's very funny. And I can't tell if she's on it because so Elaine and I talk a lot about this. We know people who are funny intentionally and we know people who are really funny unintentionally. We have several friends that it's like, I don't even think they know they're being funny. Right. But it's just like the things they say, it's like, oh, man, as long as you're in the mood for it they're, um, And it's like, I can't tell if she knows she's doing it or or a little both. Funny. The thing that's interesting to get about Gabby to me is I think she's pretty bright. Mm -hmm. There are ways um, when she was on Clayton season, I felt that she like, uh, remember even when she told Clayton off, yes. like she was so, you know, like articulate and was able to sort of express her emotions so concisely. And that you're like, this is a person that understands and sees and observes things and then can express it back yep. um but she's also so ditzy right and i yeah. feel like um and kind of like bitchy like funny bitchy you know in a way that um i really appreciate but i think that you could easily mistake her for someone that's not smart and i think she actually yeah. is um, like, or that she's like learned, I think women in particular are often taught to downplay their intelligence. Oh yeah. And that becomes a threat or that isn't attractive. Um, and so I kind of feel like Gabby is someone that has learned yeah. that. Um, but when she wants to turn it on, she can turn it on. Mm -hmm. 
sometimes it's just fun not to to say smart things too i feel like like you working in academia you come home sometimes and you're like i don't want to talk about smart things i want to watch bob's the burgers <laughs> yeah right? yeah yes um i think that sometimes um my rebellion at work is i'm like i'm gonna embrace being dumb right now and everybody around me is gonna deal with it because i'm so tired of people performing like intelligence yes. all of the time i feel like danielle and i get a good amount of eye rolls when we're in meetings together because we definitely do not align with some of the academic interests in, in meetings we're in yeah i will also say though because of that i sometimes I have to earn credibility. Like, like flip the switch. <laughs> or yes, like that. Like it might take me a little bit longer to convince someone that I'm like not dumb. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's fun though. All right. So we've got a city shout out. How's your French? Oh. Well, can you, can you do it? But like, is it, you're going to have to tell me. Can you see it? Yeah. Yeah, go for I it. I can pronounce it. Go, you got it. Macron, Bourgeon, France, Con. Yep. Of our 1,000... Just like that. In our 1,069 cities that we have been listened to in, this is one of them. And I, I couldn't figure out where it is. I couldn't get it highlighted on the map. But it's definitely a French word. Yeah, it's lovely. Um, yeah. Thank I, you for listening. Yeah. Marseille. 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 How do you say Marseille? Marseille beaucoup. Marseille beaucoup. Thank you very much. All right. The summer is hot, but two bachelorettes are hotter. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> everybody. You have been listening to Bachademia with your hosts, Daniel Dick McGew, Kim Hanna, and Bill Henning. All thoughts and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the person who spoke them. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the show, leaving a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, please share with your family, friends, colleagues, and other Ardent Bachelor fans. If you have comments or questions you would like us to address on the show, you can email us at bachadamia at gmail.com. Or on the Twitter with the handle at Bachadamia. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening.